Hi, it's Katie. And Katie. And you are listening to Proper Tea, the podcast where we spill the tea on Toronto real estate. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? How are you doing today? Uh, me? The only yeah. person who can answer you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good. You know, we're good. I think that's I'm tired. I'm ready I for think- 2020 to be over. Yeah, I think that's like the global mood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel alone in this. I feel alone in that I can't go anywhere, do anything or see anybody, but I don't feel alone in my depression. I definitely think <laughs> I have some compadres. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking rentals 102. 102. The graduate class. The graduate class. Are we um, proud of you guys for making it here? Yeah, especially because we know that last episode was a bit of a doozy. Yeah, it got long. Yeah, it got long. Uh, Unintentionally. (laughs) Yeah, we just had a lot to say. Uh, And obviously there's still more because this is a pretty in-depth, complicated issue or uh, subject, I guess. It's not really fair to call renting an issue. Yeah. Life. I take Life. that back, please. Area. Um, yeah. So, what uh, what are we covering in in renting one hundred and two? What's the syllabus? Renting one hundred and two is going to cover evictions and ending a tenancy and uh, assignments and sublets. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll keep it lighter for you guys this time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to keep it to like twenty five minutes, half hour tops. Yeah. We understand uh, that probably you guys don't want to listen to us go on for an hour. I mean, I want to listen to us go on for an hour because I think we're just peachy and enjoyable and hilarious. Delightful. Delightful. That was actually the word that I was looking for. Thank you. You're I was welcome. struggling. I can see it on your face. <laughs> um, I actually did listen back to our last episode and I did think we were delightful. Um, so that's fun. I don't listen to the episodes. Yeah, no, I don't either. We both are both. We're like, I can't. It's too. That's my. I can't Cringy. listen to my voice. Yeah. Uh, um, but it was good. I liked it. It was good. That's really good. That's really <laughs> good feedback because I also I, laughed at our jokes. Like I forgot some of the jokes that we told, and I like I thought we were funny. Good for us. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. Probably not going to listen to it myself. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, evictions evictions let's let's call it ending a tenancy because that that has a nicer um and it covers more energy around it yeah and it covers more things you can end a tenancy without being evicted for the 100 (laughs) i think i would like i i would like to believe that the majority of tenancies end amicably rather than um with evictions evictions. (laughs) and like with the landlord tenant board involved yeah um yeah ideally uh i think probably true um so yeah, so there's there's a tenant can end a tenancy or a landlord can end the tenancy. Um, so evictions aside for a second, what are the ways those things happen? Okay, uh, a tenant can end a tenancy for many reasons um, and pretty much because they feel like it. A landlord can end a tenancy for like two reasons and that's it. Um, so very, very proper paperwork has to be filed for that. Very, very proper paperwork has to be filed. Yeah. Um, when can a tenant end the tenancy? Whenever they feel like pretty much. No, not quite. But whenever, um, 
go with whenever they feel like. Well, um, not if yes and no, right? Because like, yeah, you, yes and no. Obviously, if you're within your year term, um, it, you you want to end a tenancy, you're gonna have to sublet or assign your place, um, which we'll get into at the second half of this episode. Um, if you're after your year term is and is up um yeah give your 60 days notice and you can bail you don't have to really have a reason other than wanting a new space and so and it's also so so like most people when they sign a lease they sign a one-year lease right like so that's it's a one-year term but it's not when the one-year term is over you a don't need to sign a lease again to stay uh and b uh you're like unless you give 60 days notice before the end of that year term like you're it's usually like assumed that you're saying um like you can have a conversation about it and I'm sure some people do but like I like after my one year at my current apartment like we never talked about it with our landlord everybody just assumed we were staying and they'll continue to assume that unless and until James and I give our 60 days yeah um we went over this in the last episode um in depth so if this is the first episode that you're tuning in, check us out on episode Renting 101. Um, but yes, you give your 60 days notice after the, the year long term. You don't have to give, if you don't give notice, you de- you automatically default to a month to month lease. I do generally um, advise people to let their landlords know that they're going to be staying on. Um, I just think it's, you know, a courtesy and one of those things that you do to keep your relationship with your landlord chill. But um everyone's situation is different but yes if you don't give notice the assumption is that well not the the legal assumption is that you are remaining on as a tenant yep um if you are after that year period um yeah if you need a new space you want a new location you need a bigger space whatever your situation is if you just want to move all you have to do is give the 60 days notice yeah you don't have to wait like another year no, give the 60 days notice. You can do it at any time, pretty much. Yeah. As soon as you're month to month, you can give 60 days at any point. Um, and I will say as well, too, like, you you know, that's the the, the legal rule. Uh, you can have a conversation with your landlord if your situation is different. Like, you know, lots of people are perfectly reasonable people. When we moved to this apartment from our previous one where we were also renting, um, we knew we were either going, we were only going to be able to give 30 days to our landlord, or we were going to have to eat a month of overlap. Uh, and we had a conversation with him and he was like perfectly fine with 30 days notice instead. Uh, and he let us go without having to pay the overlap because he was a good person and because we talked to him about it. So like, it is possible yeah. to, to leave with less than 60 days notice. Just don't assume that, like assume you're going to need the 60 days, but have the conversation. Yeah. That's really nice. I would say your landlord is probably the exception, not the rule. That's um, probably true. He was yeah, great. Because I, I have honestly worked with a lot of clients who do end up eating that last month's rent because they just, they find a unit that they love that's, um, you know, available sooner or whatever. Um, and they end up eating the last month. So it is what it is. Have the conversation with your landlord. You may be able to to get out a little sooner, but um, I mean, just legally know that you need to have those preparations 60 days. Um, I know sometimes, obviously, it's not always an option. You know, sometimes things move very quickly um, and you only have a couple of weeks or maybe a month, but um, try, you know, try. 
try. Or, and, and at least it's good to just be aware of it. Like if you, yeah. do, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have no idea. Yeah. Oh, no idea. Give, um, which, you know, can be stressful. So now, you know, yeah. Um, that yeah. Is important. So okay. when can a landlord end the tenancy? A landlord can end a tenancy. So yeah, as we said, a pretty, a, once you're in a month, month lease, a tenant can pretty much end the tenancy at will. A landlord can really only end a tenancy under very specific circumstances and situations. Um, the, the list is mm-hmm. um, if they are moving their children, their parents, or a caregiver of their children or parents or themselves into the unit. So immediate family only. And immediate family is literally only your children or your parents or a caregiver of one of the two. Like if you have like a brother or a sister or a cousin, nephew, aunt, uncle, sorry, they are not immediate enough. Wow. That's intense. It's really intense. So if you are moving, uh, if you are moving into the unit, your children or your parents are moving in or a caregiver, you can evict a tenant in that case. And how much do you have to give notice for like, how much notice do you have to give for that? as the landlord you also have to give 60 days notice okay the thing though is that if your landlord gives you notice for one of the following reasons if you find a unit like you know that's available immediately yes sooner um you can then go back to your, your landlord and give them 10 days notice to move out so say your landlord gives you notice like on january 1st that you need to move out by march 1st and January 20th you found a unit that's available for um February 1st you could give notice and say I'm moving out February 1st yeah okay Okay. cool the other thing that's important to know about this is that if the landlord is moving in if you're being evicted because the landlord is moving in the landlord has to pay you one month's rent oh oh wow yeah well, that's a nice little thing that I'm sure also lots of people don't know about and end up not getting paid for. Correct. <laughs> um, I, I think in terms of like general knowledge of, of tenant law, this one is probably one of the more popular ones that is known. Um, but yes, absolutely correct. A lot of people don't know that this is the case or they don't know when it applies. They kind of know that in some situations, landlords might have to pay them one month rent. Um, but yes. The landlord owes you a month rent in this situation. The other situation, and this one is tricky for real estate agents and lawyers and buyers and sellers and everybody involved pretty much, is if the landlord sells the property and the buyer wants to move in, okay? So if your landlord lists your property and you are still living there, they are legally allowed to do that, okay? And they are legally allowed to do that before the end of your lease term, your one year lease term as well. Okay. So that's also important to know if you are still within your one year lease term, or if you are on a month to month lease and uh, you wish to stay, you are allowed to do that. In that case, the seller has to sell the property tenanted and the, the, the buyer has to take over as your landlord, essentially? The buyer, the, essentially, yes. Whoa. If the, yep. If the buyer wants to move in themselves, like to buy the property and move in, the, move in themselves, they have to provide like an affidavit saying that they're going to do so. Um, I think the tenant would still be owed the one month's rent 
um, plus that was not the case originally, but they have since changed that to now pretty much blanket. You need that. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's, it's so messy. It gets so messy legally speaking, because, you know, if you're trying to sell a unit, landlords often try to get tenants out before they sell, because if like trying to sell a tenanted property is hard, there's very few people who, you know, investors who want to buy tenanted properties, they want to put their own people in there basically because they can vet them and and do all kind of due diligence on them that they can't do if they're buying a tenanted property mm-hmm. and if you're buying a tenanted property for yourself that you're trying to move into really there's no guarantee that on the day that you get your keys the tenant has moved out and you can't really force them to so i mean like you can but it becomes like a huge fucking ordeal with like the sheriff involvement and everything. Like it's, it's absolutely wild. That's crazy. Well, and, and, I, and I just want to, um, cause there are a couple of other situations in which a landlord can evict you. Like, if oh yes. Yeah. If you're not paying rent. Yep. If you're breaking shit or if you're like super, super, super disruptive to anybody else who lives in the building, like that, that those are, reasons that they would be allowed to evict you but they still have to go through like some pretty intense processes to make all that happen correct so in the case of non-payment of rent um a tenant has to not pay rent for i think three consecutive months before a landlord can start a eviction process the thing with that one is that if the tenant then gives the landlord like the rent that they are that's owed um it starts the clock at zero again so, so it cancels it out, basically. It cancels it out, basically, yeah. So in, in some in of those situations, tenants can make corrective action and then it'll stop the eviction process, basically. So if you're not paying your rent um, and your landlord applies to evict you and then you pay the debt off, you're clear. Um, there are also some situations with like damage and, and being disruptive where you can take corrective action as well. Like, for example, um, like one situation that I personally came across was... Um, in a multiplex, one of the tenant's dogs was really loud and like barking all the time. And just, it was like really anytime, like anybody moved or breathed in any of the other units, it would set the dog off. And like the dog had separation anxiety and the people were gone all the time. It's not a good situation. Um, so, you know, the girls had to, had to send the dog to like, um, behavior therapy and like barking school, I forget. Um, and they were in, real danger of being evicted because their situation was um, yeah affecting the peaceful enjoyment for everybody else in the building basically so um, there are situations where you can be evicted because of you know behavior because of non-payment of rent they're rare and it's a pain in the ass for landlords and there's processes and hearings and stuff like that Um, but it can happen and it does happen yeah I'm just reading because, yeah, because there's, it's not only in those situations in particular, like not only do the landlords have to like jump through all these hoops and do things properly. um, And there are all these options for corrective action for tenants to be able to stay. uh, But like, if it goes to the landlord tenant board for a hearing, like they're both a lot, like landlords and tenants are allowed to show up and argue for their own. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, and, and it, like, the eviction can only be enforced by the actual landlord-tenant board. Like, the landlord cannot, you know, enforce an eviction by themselves. Correct. 
<clears throat> yeah, and that's when the sheriff's office gets involved. And I do say sheriff's office because that is actually what it's called. Yeah, that's true, which is so crazy. Like, it feels so, like, old-timey Western, but no, no. Yeah. It's new-timey Canada. Or, um, we've we've gone over the way the tenant can end it. We've gone over the ways that the landlord can end it or try to evict somebody. Uh, the only other thing to know is that these all those rules are in place, but there is an additional kind of like caveat, which is that the landlord and the tenant can agree to end the tenancy. Correct. Uh, early, at any time, without the proper notice on either side, whatever, as long as you have a conversation about it and everybody agrees to it, like that's fine. So yeah. The laws are in place in specifically for situations where like sitting down and talking to each other doesn't work, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty heavily implied on in the OSL and also like on the landlord tenant board website uh, that they would prefer that you try to settle things yourself amicably before, you know, taking any legal measures. And I think for the most part, like I've said a bunch of times already, like, you know, we advocate for good working relationships with your landlords. So I think if you have that from from the beginning, um, you should be fine. You know, most landlords are pretty they're real people too, guys, like everybody understands humanity and that situations come up. So, you know, just keep your landlord informed about what's going on. And if, you know, something is happening that might affect your your situation and you feel comfortable giving them a heads up like they can't kick you out so you know if you just just have a good relationship with your landlord that's that's it's so important it is it really is so important um okay so let's talk about sublets yeah so previously before when, when we were talking about how a tenant can end the tendency we said you know you have to wait until your year lease is up and give your 60 days notice, or you can give your 60 days anytime when you're on month to month, unless you have to leave your, like if you're breaking your, your lease early, or if your lease is, excuse, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, Go back to, if, if your breaking. lease is for longer than a year, like some people sign like a two or three year lease that happens too. So like, if you have to break your lease, there is still recourse. Um, there is. Um, but okay, just because you mentioned it and I would like to point this out. If you sign our two or three year lease term, that means that your rate is locked in for two or three years. Your landlord cannot increase your, your rent until your term is up. Oh, even though that that. like one year thing, like landlords can increase your rent with 90 days notice. If you sign a three year lease term at a certain price, they have to hold that certain price until 90 days before the end of that three year lease. Correct. Uh-huh. Look at me. I'm just I'm learning. I'm figuring it out. I'm proud. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. so that's a hot tip. Um, but yeah, so back to subletts and evictions. If you have to move out before your official term is over, you have two options to sublet or to assign your lease. Uh, subletting basically means that you're going to be gone for a couple months, you know, some period of time, but you will likely be returning before the end of your lease is up. Assigning means you out. You're not coming back. Um, You're you're legally transferring your rights and responsibilities to a new person and uh, you no longer have any dealings with the landlord. The the contract is now between the landlord and the new tenant versus sublet. The contract is still between you and the landlord and then you have a sublet agreement between yourself and the person who is moving in. So let's get into that. Yeah. (laughs) 
that's yeah okay so when you sublet a unit what you have to do is you have to ask your landlord's permission basically to sublet the unit it's a good idea to give them a heads up to be like hey this is the person who's going to be moving in like check their credit make sure they're, they're cool with it but the sublet agreement is actually between the the subletter and the tenant so this the person who is subletting pays generally speaking pays the tenant and then the tenant still pays the landlord rent so there are a couple of rules one really important one being that the the tenant cannot charge the person who is subletting more money in rent than what they are paying so like you can't sublet the unit and make money off it basically that's illegal which makes sense which makes sense um people do try to do that though they'll like they'll try to rent um houses and turn them into like rooming houses and stuff and anyway that's a whole thing there's actually a, a really big uh news case going around right now about that interesting i'm gonna look that up after yeah i'll send you a link um but yes so the sublet agreement is between you and the person who's who you're subletting to so make sure you do some due diligence on that person because if they stop paying you rent you are still on the hook for the rent to your landlord if you're subletting yeah so and that's like a big I, like people often I feel like look amongst their friend group to find somebody for a sublet um, just because it's easy and you know that person and you feel like that's a good but like you 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 should probably still do your due diligence because like nothing destroys a friendship faster than like money and like roommates yeah no <laughs> In kidding my personal experience yeah. So, so that is something that's really important to know when you're subletting, make sure you trust the person who is, who's taking over and who's moving in because if they stop paying rent, that you're on, you're on the hook for that. Um, versus if you assign the lease, then the new person is on the hook for it. If they stop paying rent for it, it's the landlord's problem, not yours. And because when you assign the lease, you're essentially like there, you're assigning what's left of your lease term. Mm -hmm. uh, to this new person who then signs themselves with the landlord. So they're versus a subletter who isn't on the lease. Correct. Yeah. So all rights and rights and responsibilities that are in the contract are just transferred over to the new person as is basically there can't be any amendments or anything like that. It's just new, new person. That's it. Yeah. That makes sense. So like, and again, the reason why you would choose to sublet over an assignment, even if it sounds like subletting is a lot more risk, is if, like Katie said, you're coming back. So like, yeah, maybe you're, I don't know, I feel like stu it happens for students a lot. Like maybe they, they're going uh, abroad for a semester, but they're coming back at the end of it and they want to be able to move back into their place and they'll sublet. Yeah, um, I actually did that. Sense. I subletted for four months when I went to um, to Western. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's, it's a, it's fairly common practice and it doesn't always turn out in tragedy. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. No. And honestly, I would say for the majority of the time, it doesn't end up in tragedy. It ends up working out really well for both parties. Um, but I think, I do think it's really important to know the difference between sublets and assignments, because if you are not planning on coming back, you want to assign that shit. You don't want to sublet. Yeah. You don't want to be responsible for it anymore. Like yeah. transfer that responsibility and go live your new life, whatever yeah. the reason is that you are leaving your lease. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds. And pretty much the, you know, aside from everything we've already said, the rule for both is like, talk to your landlord, let them know what the deal is, let them know, you know, if you have to assign or you have to sublet, 
this is how long you're going to be gone for, or this is why you're leaving. Like, uh, you're going, what you're, you know, be proactive about what you're going to take on. Like, I'm going to figure out, you know, putting up an ad if that works for you or whatever it is. Um, again, because landlords are people too. And like, you know, they need the money from your rent to probably pay their mortgage. And, uh, you don't want to leave them in the lurch either. There are plenty of evil landlords, but there are also a lot of really good people. So just because media likes to make landlords bad people, don't assume that yeah. you're terrible. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would like to say about sublets is don't try to sublet your unit without your landlord's consent, because that will end terribly for all parties involved. Yeah. That sounds One, right. um, that is like legally your ground, your landlord can evict you for that. So um, don't do it. <laughs> have, a converse, have a conversation with your landlord um, and be an, a nice human. <laughs> yeah. And landlords, be a nice humans to your tenants too. If your tenant has to leave, um, you know. Be understanding. They're be understanding. You. Yeah. You know, yeah. life happens to all of us and crime is a real thing, people. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. I think we're trying this new thing where we don't, don't ramble <laughs> um that feels like a really good place to put a pin in this so i agree i feel like it's like a natural conclusion so yeah um, let's cut it off before we talk too much yeah and embarrass ourselves inevitably i feel yeah. like that's happened a lot um cool. i'm so <laughs> i'm proud of us good for us me too um all right guys we're gonna peace out for now um also for the rest of this year, we will say that this is going to be our last episode for 2020. Oh um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is going to be our last episode for 2020. We'll be back in January. Um, we have some cool stuff lined up for you for January. We won't tell you what, what it is. But maybe yeah, you can. have to come back to find out. We're keeping y'all on the hook. Um, but we'll, we'll maybe drop some teasers over the next few weeks. Um, so look out for those. Happy yeah. holidays to all. Yeah, and fuck 2020. Wish you well. Hope everybody <laughs> has a magical holiday and a wonderful next year. <laughs> You're so much more cheerful than me. Thank God. Um, okay. Let's okay. end it on a positive note. Positive energy. Yay, 2020. It's over. Woo! Yay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Property Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on all of the platforms. And remember, if you have any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast or you want us to discuss, DM us on our Instagram at Property Podcast. That's P-R-O-P-E-R-T-E-A Podcast. See you next time. Bye. Bye.